welcome to Misunderstood, a podcast dedicated to better understanding MS and learning to live well with MS. I'm your host, Katie Sloan. Our usual reminders as we begin. First, I am not an expert. I'm just a person like you living with MS and trying to make the best of it. Misunderstood is based on my personal experience, what I've learned from my doctors, other care providers, and my own solutions-oriented research and pattern-finding obsession. While the majority of the information I share has been vetted by doctors, I am not a doctor. My intention is that you use the information shared here as a springboard for discussion between you and your doctor regarding your future care options. And lastly, MS impacts each of us uniquely. I hope to shine a light on a wide range of approaches and strategies for living better with MS. But what you choose to do with that information is always your choice. And what works for one may not work for all. In our previous episode, I was joined by the one and only Dr. Terry Walls. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks to everyone for the positive feedback you provided. I really appreciate it and was honored and humbled to get so much time with Dr. Walls to pick her amazing brain on everything MS. Speaking with her was incredibly inspirational for me, and since that episode, I've been even more busy with my research than usual. It's almost as if my time with Dr. Walls supercharged my researcher battery, and I was refueled with some new ultra-high-tech brain fuel. I've been nearly insatiable this past month with researching multiple avenues to better health, and I have no less than 11 possible future misunderstood episodes underway. However, what this wide and aggressive research lens has also created in me is a lack of clarity in what I want or need to tackle first. And so today, I'd like to share one of my favorite wellness frameworks that is currently helping me to organize and prioritize my wellness goals, with the hope that it may help you with your health and wellness goals too. Before we jump into today's content, for my gratitude, I return to the garden, as I often do. When I'm in a state of overdrive and overwhelm, like I am right now with so much I want to do and so little time to do it, it can be really tempting to deprioritize my daily garden meditation practice in lieu of other things that tempt me by feeling more urgent and pressing in the moment. But because I'm gratefully so routinized, I went outside again today and was rewarded with the cutest little timely reminder. As I sit here in my garden sit spot, my closest companion since my pup Ryson is relaxing nearby under the cherry tree, is one of the 32 sunflowers I planted in pots on my patio this year. The sunflower plant has been growing for many weeks now from a very small seed and is now about three feet tall. Its lower leaves are beginning to yellow despite regular watering, as it's endured direct sun in triple-digit weather for the past month. And today, it's just starting to bloom. What's really neat about my garden sit spot is how I get a front row seat to the minute changes that Mother Nature makes on her canvas every day. If I didn't sit in the same spot each and every day, I'd miss out on these exquisite subtleties. For example, when a sunflower blooms, it doesn't open up all at once. It slowly unfolds its petals one by one. 
And by taking the time to observe this fascinating process each day, I get to see its beautiful, perfect growth awkwardness. On day one, only two petals were unfolded. The rest remained a tangled up, bulbous, carnivorous, gnarly looking thing that was anything but pretty and actually made me laugh out loud. Fast forward to the next day, three more petals had unfolded. And finally, on day three, it was an open, perfect sunflower. Growth in general is typically not in a straight and short line, despite our desire that it be so. It often contains ups and downs and twists and turns, times of great success and high speeds, and times of painful steps backwards, plateaus, and slamming of the brakes. And yet, for some reason, as humans, we tend to think we're supposed to be able to miraculously decide we want to change something, and voila, suddenly it's changed. The reality is that there's no magic pill, no shortcut, no magic wand, no healthy food or supplement or exercise regimen that is capable of that sort of immediate comprehensive change. Nope. Change requires two things, time and the right conditions. And even then, there are no two sunflowers that look the same. Even on my patio, there are 32 different plants all planted on the same day, lined up in a row with very consistent sun exposure, soil composition, and watering. And some stalks are barely 10 inches tall, while others are five feet tall. Some stalks are over an inch in diameter, while some are more slender than a cocktail straw. Some leaves are the size of a dinner plate, and some are as small as my little pinky fingernail. This, my friends, was my important reminder today. Just like our MS manifests uniquely in each of us, each of us learns, grows, and heals at our own pace in our own way. And even when we're doing and feeling great, not all our petals may be visible right away. If we add a little time and continue to cultivate our wellness, we will get there just as my little sunflower is doing. And so I will release those feelings of overwhelm and impatience and let them be carried off by the gentle breeze this afternoon. Just like my little sunflower, I may not have fully bloomed yet with all of my current health goals, but I'm confident I'm on my way, blooming one little petal at a time. So what is wellness anyway? It's a term that's everywhere you look, but what does it really mean? Wellness is officially defined as the state of being in good health, especially as an actively pursued goal. Let's read that again. The state of being in good health, especially as an actively pursued goal. The actively pursued goal part of the definition is honestly my favorite because it's what fills me with hope and fuel to keep going and a trust that if I do, I will get to a different and better place because I personally believe that life is all about learning. Since learning and behavior change always starts with awareness, we have the opportunity to learn more about ourselves when we periodically ask ourselves the following simple yet difficult health-related questions. Number one, do I accept myself fully as I am? 
or do I want more from and for myself in this lifetime? Number two, do I embrace the present as it is, or do I want to strive for a better and different future tomorrow? Number three, am I going to do what's necessary to take good care of myself or decide to deprioritize my health and well-being and live with the consequences of that choice? And number four, do I want to be the same me tomorrow or do I want to become more of the person I've always wanted to be? These can be tough questions to ponder, yet when we engage with ourselves around these questions deeply, we can illuminate powerful opportunities for change. I hope some important clues to your own personal wellness came up when you answered these questions for yourself. You'll have the opportunity to use these ideas shortly as we transition into looking at the eight dimensions of wellness framework. And at our flock meeting this coming weekend, we'll talk about these questions as well as the eight dimensions of wellness and find ways that we can support each other in our future wellness efforts. So it turns out that wellness isn't such a simple word after all. And in order to actively pursue wellness as a goal, actually means to address eight different dimensions of wellness, since true wellness requires us to be stewards of our complete selves. These eight dimensions overlap in our lives, and when even one of these dimensions is neglected, it adversely impacts our health, well-being, and overall quality of life. By using the eight dimensions of wellness framework to do a wellness inventory or audit of our current levels of wellness in each area, we can be confident that we are assessing all aspects of our lives and moving towards a place of holistic harmony. It's easy to limit our scope of wellness to physical health and focus solely on exercise, nutrition, and weight management, as those are what's most discussed in social media and at the doctor's office. Yet, as people living with MS, we know those avenues, while certainly effective, can only get us so far. For example, after my first Eight Dimensions of Wellness audit two years ago, I decided to spend the following year fully focused on my spiritual wellness, which was previously an area I thought was pretty healthy. Turns out there were some old ways of being and beliefs that didn't fit the adult me I am now. And I'm in a very different and much better place spiritually now as a result of these learning efforts. So, wellness is the holistic integration of our physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. It's how we engage our mind, nurture our spirit, fuel our body, and live our life fully. It's a lifestyle a deeply personalized approach to living life that supports us in becoming the best us that we can be, given our unique talents, identity, and life circumstances. True wellness requires us to be stewards of our complete selves. So, before we get into the eight dimensions of wellness and doing an active self-assessment of our own wellness in each dimension, let's first share a little about the framework. The Eight Dimensions of Wellness is a framework that emerged in the early 1990s as a wellness model created by Dr. Peggy Swarbrick. 
Originally, Dr. Swarbrick created this model to address the disparities facing populations of people with or at risk of developing mental or substance abuse disorders. Over the years, however, it's been embraced by a much wider audience, as it's proven to be helpful for anyone at risk of experiencing stress that impacts their well-being and quality of life. I'd say an MS diagnosis certainly makes the framework apply to us, especially since such a high percentage of us will experience mental health struggles at some point in our lifetime. And another reason why it has become so popular with so many is that it's designed to be simple and easily accessible for all, even those of us struggling with cognitive, executive function, or other processing difficulties. It can be used independently to better manage our own lives and take tangible steps towards improving our own wellness, in contrast to a tool designed for professionals to use in their tutelage of us or sessions with us. Thank you, Dr. Swarbrick, for this helpful framework. Without further ado, let's dive in. The eight dimensions of wellness are not in any particular order, as they've all been shown to powerfully overlap with one another, not unlike how all of our body systems are reliant upon and impact one another, and why integrative and functional medicine doctors seem to be the only ones so far who truly understand the complexity of MS health and healing practices. Each dimension impacts the others, either positively or negatively, and they are strengths focused in that they encourage us to build on our existing daily habits and routines to build and strengthen new, even healthier habits and routines. When folks like us live with a chronic illness, it's very powerful for us to revisit these eight dimensions regularly and to discuss our growth over time with peers. When we share our goals and progress with a peer, they can help us notice, for example, when we expose our limiting beliefs. For example, we might say, I will try to, and my lovingly supportive peer can remind me to reframe my words into an I will statement. Or they can help me turn my but into an and. These simple adjustments increase our commitment to wellness betterment, and peer support offers positive reinforcement and camaraderie to help us better achieve and maintain our important long-term wellness goals. And as we go through each of the eight dimensions, keep in mind that we each have our own unique identities, priorities, approaches, aspirations, and definitions of what it means to live life fully. So using this framework to get ourselves to a place of personal harmony that honors all eight dimensions of wellness in ways that make sense for us is important. As we go through each dimension, be thinking what healthy routines you already have in place, as well as what opportunities you might have in your life for actively moving to a place of better wellness. You might, in fact, choose to pause this momentarily to grab a notebook or even do a Google search for eight dimensions of wellness worksheet printable or take notes as we go. For our flock members, you can access a PDF template on our Patreon page. The link is posted along with this episode. As we go, I'll also share just a few of my current goals in each category in case they spark additional ideas for you. Let's dive in. Physical wellness. 
physical wellness is one of eight dimensions that contribute to overall health and wellness. This dimension encompasses all areas of health that relate to physical aspects of the body, including nutrition, exercise, weight management, ergonomics, substance abuse, disease management and prevention, and more. It's recognizing the need for regular physical activity, restorative sleep, and health-supporting nutrition. It's caring for your body on a daily basis to be healthy now and maintain health in the future as we age and live longer with MS. What daily routines do you currently have in place that support your physical wellness? What might be helpful to add? For me, my current physical wellness goals include adhering to my twice-weekly physical therapy and daily strength-building exercises so that I can more easily stick to my restorative sleep routines since exercise is very connected to my sleep quality. It's all about achieving my daily standing goals and making sure I'm only sitting in chairs that are comfortable and support my healing hamstring. It's also about going around the horn again with Dr. Susan Payrovi in her True Medicine MS program to ensure I'm maximizing my wellness opportunities in all five of her Foundations of MS Health Learning Modules. Side note here, if you are interested in taking the True Medicine MS Foundations of MS Health course along with me and many others living with MS, the course begins again on August 19th. Visit truemedicinems.com for more information. Discounted admission is available with webinar attendance, so check out her webinar schedule on the website. I'll also mention here that this is an evergreen program, meaning once you've gained access to the community, you're always welcome. And being part of a community of folks living with MS, all focused on being as well as possible, is one of the most important things I do for myself in terms of my overall wellness. It's so much easier to navigate MS with a team of like-minded folks. We learn so much from each other, and we're really there for one another. Two, emotional wellness. Emotional wellness encompasses the knowledge and skills to identify and feel our feelings and the ability to self-regulate those emotions. It's our ability to successfully handle life's stresses and adapt to change, especially in difficult times. It's about coping effectively with life and building satisfying relationships. It's understanding and respecting our values, feelings, and attitudes. It's deeply appreciating the feelings of others. It's being able to manage our emotions in a constructive way, despite what hardships we might be experiencing. It's feeling positive and enthusiastic about our life. What daily routines do you currently have in place to support your emotional wellness? What might be helpful to add? For me, I've spent a good part of the past year and a half working diligently on my mental fitness skills through the Positive Intelligence, or PQ, mental fitness program to develop a stronger growth mindset and self-command in terms of thought hygiene. And by that, I mean both my inner self-critic and my outer judge others and situations, nasty voice in my head. 
as well as the dismantling of my personal saboteurs that I developed in childhood that were until somewhat recently still wreaking havoc on my ability to traverse difficult life situations and relationships with difficult people. Side note, if you'd like to go through the eight-week PQ program, I'll be offering it one more time this year. Reach out via email or the PQ interest survey on our Patreon page to indicate your interest. For me, emotional wellness has also been about finally coming to terms with the reality of some of my relationships through a powerful PTSD recovery program I attended earlier this year at Stanford, and subsequently learning to set better boundaries to both protect myself and better encourage others to carry the responsibility of their chosen behaviors. It's also been learning with Dr. Judith Orloff, who works with highly sensitive people and empaths to learn how to better channel their intuition and unique gifts to maximize healing. Number three, financial wellness. Financial wellness encompasses all aspects of well-being pertaining to finances, including knowledge and skills of financial planning and managing expenses. It's optimizing our financial satisfaction with our current and future financial situations. It's also managing our resources so that we live within our means. It's making informed financial decisions and wise investments, setting realistic goals, and preparing for short-term and long-term financial needs and rainy day emergencies. It's about awareness that everyone's financial values, needs, and circumstances are unique. Financial wellness can include paychecks for work, disability funds, and monetary gifts from families or friends. What daily routines do you currently have in place that support your financial wellness? What might be helpful to add? For me, my financial wellness goals are an area I'm currently working on because until recently, I've found it much easier to put off long-term future, i.e. end-of-life plans, than to fully address them because it often means uncomfortable thoughts and conversations. But as longtime listeners know, losing my mother-in-law unexpectedly last year forced our family to address some of these aspects of financial wellness, and my current goals are around completing my end-of-life wishes workbook so that everything is in one convenient place for my loved ones when it's time for me to leave this life. By committing to doing this work, I've started a just-effing-do-it-Friday hour where I'm slowly working on long-term financial planning. Number four, social wellness. Social wellness encompasses all aspects of well-being pertaining to our social connections, relationships, as well as our personal expression. It's about developing a sense of connection, belonging, and a well-developed support system network. It's maintaining healthy relationships, enjoying being with others, developing friendships and intimate relations, caring about others, and letting others care about you. It's about contributing to your community in the special ways that only you can. What daily routines do you currently have in place that support your social wellness? What might be helpful to add? 
My social wellness goals are currently quite strong as I have gratefully over the years built a large network of lifelong deep friendships as well as co-created a multifaceted supportive MS community so that I'm well supported with all of my needs. But a newer goal is to seek out a new musical companion, well-versed in multi-part harmony vocals, since I've been really missing singing and playing with others since I moved five years ago. Number five, spiritual wellness. Spiritual wellness encompasses all aspects of well-being pertaining to our search for purpose, value, and deeper meaning in life. This may include the belief in a higher power, but spiritual wellness does not actually have to be aligned with an organized religion. Spiritual wellness is about expanding on our sense of purpose and meaning in life as we age. It's participating in activities, events, and organizations that are consistent with your unique beliefs and values. What daily routines do you currently have in place that support your spiritual wellness? What might be helpful to add? For me, spiritual wellness goals the past year or so have been around fine-tuning my personal relationship with God and letting go of old-fashioned ways of being and thinking that I was carrying from growing up in the Catholic Church that I now understand weren't always aligned with my own personal values, nor those, frankly, of Jesus' original intention. Doing this important biblical research with experts in the field has been very illuminating. It has helped me let go of the residual shame and guilt that I was carrying for amicably ending a marriage that wasn't healthy for either of us, which, well over a decade later, several relatives still have not forgiven and every so often let their opinions about their belief of a very narrow pathway to heaven's gate spew hate and judgment my way. Letting go of this and understanding that their judgment has a lot more to do with them than it does with me has lightened my spiritual load and enabled me to feel closer to God than ever. Number six, intellectual wellness. Intellectual wellness encompasses all aspects of well-being pertaining to our brain health, mindset, and intellectual skill sets via thought-provoking mental activities to optimize our intellectual wellness. It's about recognizing our unique creative abilities and finding ways to continually expand our knowledge and skills. It's our eagerness to grow intellectually, to maintain curiosity about all there is to learn valuing ourselves as lifelong learners, and responding positively and enthusiastically to intellectual challenges. It's about expanding our knowledge and skills while discovering our potential for sharing our unique gifts with others. What daily routines do you currently have in place that support your intellectual wellness? What might be helpful to add? For me, I'm embracing my desire to be a learn-it-all even more than before Dr. Walls unleashed in me a new wave of learning topics. It's about better understanding my unique strengths and exploring different ways to use my strengths for the betterment of myself and others. It's about eagerly seeking out diverse perspectives that push my thinking. It's about being malleable and having an open mind and living in ways that support my belief that there are as many ways to live as there are people. 
It's about regular neuropsych evaluations to learn strategies to alleviate or counteract the neurological struggles I experience. It's about mental fitness and challenging my brain through music, mathematics, logic, and other challenging thinking tasks that keep my brain as sharp as possible. For me, it's also about boundaries. Not everything is good for me to learn more about. I'm doing a much better job resisting fear-based clickbait and keeping social media to a healthy minimum. Number seven, environmental wellness. Environmental wellness encompasses all areas of health that relate to the environment we live in and how that environment impacts our health as humans. Environmental wellness includes eco-friendly considerations, active participation in recycling, and proper disposal of electronics and medications, as well as conservation of our energy, fuel, and water. It's also about the intentional, dedicated use of more sustainable products. It's about natural resources and environmental preservation and seventh generation living, which is living with conscious awareness of how what we do today will impact humans and our planet seven generations into the future. It's about maintaining health by living and spending time in pleasant, stimulating environments that are responsive to our needs and support our well-being. It's understanding how our social, natural, and human-made environments like our home and workplace affect our health and well-being. It's being aware of the current status of the earth and the effects our daily habits have on the physical environment around us. It's demonstrating a strong commitment to a healthy planet, now and in the future. What daily routines do you currently have in place that support your environmental wellness? What might be helpful to add? For me, environmental wellness goals right now continue to be planting native plants in my garden and maintaining the existing plants and fruit trees, reducing reusing recycling, replacing harmful personal cleaning and home products with healthier options, and buying local as much as possible. I'm clearing items I no longer need to simplify my life and figuring out what long-term gifts I can leave behind as my legacy for those to come. And finally, number eight, occupational wellness. Occupational wellness encompasses all aspects of well-being pertaining to our personal satisfaction in and enrichment from our job, career, or volunteer work. It's purposefully preparing for and participating in work that provides us with personal satisfaction and life enrichment that is consistent with our unique values, goals, and lifestyle. It's utilizing our unique gifts, skills, talents, and perspectives to work that is personally meaningful and rewarding. It also includes looking into the future to see opportunities for second or even third careers or pathways that will lead to future opportunities, whether they be compensated or volunteer. It's about assessing the likelihood that our current career path will be able to support us as we grow older and as our MS may progress. What daily routines do you currently have in place that support your occupational wellness? What might be helpful to add? 
For occupational wellness, while I'm disability retired, I'm always looking for ways I can better utilize my former teaching and coaching skills to help support my fellow MS community. This looks like supporting Dr. Susan with True Medicine programming to ensure that as we build out more programs that they are educationally sound and highly effective in terms of leading to significant positive health outcomes. It's offering MS support groups and programs like the PQ Mental Fitness Program or the Writing to Heal Neuroplasticity Journaling Program to my peers. It's offering free consultations to newly diagnosed folks to help them adjust to living with an MS diagnosis by listening to their story and connecting them with the right resources early. It's starting to work on a book as a personal legacy project. It's about continuing to diligently manage my calendar so that I don't overschedule myself and have the ability to adjust as needed in the moment to best support my unpredictable health needs and to help others in need when I'm able. And finally, it's about maintaining clarity that while helping others is a deeply important value of mine, my worth as a human is not contingent upon what I do for others. It's a beautiful transition I'm experiencing from role to soul. Okay, hopefully you can see now how each dimension of wellness helps us create a health-supporting environment for ourselves and improves our quality of life. And hopefully you have some ideas about avenues for your own healing and betterment in each of the eight dimensions of wellness. As you likely know from experience, choosing goals is just the beginning. It's really easy for us to slide back into unhealthy habits as that's a natural part of human behavior. What keeps us on the path to wellness is influenced by many factors, one of which we recently covered in great detail in episode 75, all about self-regulation. Briefly, self-regulation is our ability to direct our behavior and control our impulses so we can achieve our desired outcomes. If you struggle with self-regulation like I have, check out episode 75. Self-regulation is really important because it helps us make our habits into routines. Once a habit is a routine, we do it automatically, meaning we don't even need to think about it, we just do it. This takes at minimum 21 days to accomplish, with many experts believing that it's more like 66 days. And most people have only about 40% of their daily habits routinized. When we can raise that percentage, it actually helps us in many ways. Most importantly, when a healthy behavior becomes an automatic routine, we do them without having to think about them, which frees up our brains to tackle other aspects of life. So, if you're someone who struggles with overwhelm or deciding which healthy habits to adopt, by building stronger routines that encompass health-building behaviors, we can drastically reduce our overwhelm and feel a hell of a lot better in the process. If we focus on making our desired habits routines, this shapes our daily behaviors, which creates our long-term future health and wellness. Now, change is easier said than done, which is why understanding our brains and behaviors and how they are connected is so important. Despite knowing what's best for us, it's our bad habits that often lead us astray. 
Luckily, we can maximize our ability to succeed through self-awareness and helpful strategies to help us in executing strong self-regulation. In an episode soon, we'll take a look at what a variety of experts believe are the most highly recommended daily health routines for folks living with MS. For now, in terms of the eight dimensions of wellness framework and in determining the best current wellness goals for ourselves in each dimension, I hope we all, one, understand that there are eight dimensions of wellness and that they are all equally important in building a life full of happiness and health. Two, that we each strongly consider reflecting on our lives in terms of where we're currently at with each of the eight dimensions of wellness and what changes in healthy habits will lead us to a place of better wellness. Three, that we remember that when we are able to make a habit, an automatic routine, it makes it a lot easier to achieve our goals and to find the desired bandwidth to handle and manage other facets of life more effectively and efficiently. And four, that we remember having a buddy always helps. By sharing our goals, new habits, and existing and emerging routines with others, together everyone achieves more. To continue the conversation on the eight dimensions of wellness framework, you are invited to attend this weekend's flock meeting on Saturday, August 5th. If you're not yet a flock member but would like to be, please join us. We are all people living with MS that meet via Zoom monthly to support each other and continue our learning on the episode topics. We also support each other through hardships and celebrate our successes together. You can learn more and join us by visiting our Patreon page. As always, I encourage all listeners to reach out with MS-related questions, comments, future podcast topics, or guest ideas via email. And lastly, Remember, as we travel through life with MS, we're certain to hit some turbulence. We'll get through it, especially if we're flying together and honking our encouragement. As always, thank you for listening, and until next time, be well.